0: I'm very rich in the Lord. I'm just, I'm bursting. I'm so rich in the Lord. So Jerry, you want to go ahead? So Helen couldn't go to sleep last night. We were at the Winthrop Harbor Marina. And so, so Jerry's going to bring it up here. So Helen had a word and the Lord wouldn't let her go to sleep. And so we were laughing about this. And I I just had to show you. So uh, it'll be coming in a second. So we're at the Winthrop Harbor Marina, and I'm in the big chair. You guys know where the big chair in the front is? Right? Like the super-sized chair. You can fit about three people in there. So we're sitting in there. So here I am, and the Lord said, Loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cakes of raisins. That's okay. 100 cakes of figs and a skin of wine. From 2 Samuel so the lord lord said i'm full <laughs> so uh so i'm full spiritually so i just want to extend that to all you guys too right i want a hundred loaves of figs and a hundred you know a full skin of wine for everybody right so we just share that with you so yeah if you can't have wine it's uh, it's milk or something good right so all right i just thought that was fun so Helen couldn't wait to show me that this morning. <laughs> we're going to talk about Galatians 2 today and we're going to go go quickly here because it's already been a rich service. So um, but we're going to talk about Galatians 2 and um, basically there's some really pivotal stuff here. But let's kind of get into the background first. If you want to Twila want to go to the uh, the things. So the first question kind of is who uh, where where is Galatia? Who are the Galatians? So we'll kind of talk about it here. And so you'll see the picture coming up shortly. But the Gal- Galatia was kind of right in the middle of what's current, currently Turkey. So it would have been Asia Minor back then. And so basically this is where Paul was doing a lot of his missionary journeys and teaching. He was doing a, a huge amount of discipling, building churches right up there in, in kind of what's modern day Turkey, what we called Asia Minor. And so Galatia is kind of, kind of smack dab right in the middle of it. Uh, Twilight, if you want to try to find the map there, that would be awesome, just so people can kind of place it so it 's kind of up there kind of the the darker red there so that 's kind of where Galatians at, like I say, right in the center of where where paul was was talking and preaching so so who is he talking to in Galatians when Paul is writing to the Galatians who 's he talking to well it 's probably going to be pre- predominantly Gentile Christians that Paul. That had been converted under Paul's ministry, right? So they knew him, he knew them. So this is a this is a close relationship. They they understood each other. He talked with them for a long time. Um, it also probably was some Gentile Christians that had been converted, not under Paul's ministry, but someone else. Because, you know, the kingdom of God is always attracting people coming in, right? The spirit attracts us. And so there's always going to be people coming in and and wanting to see what's happening and wanting to come to the truth, right? Because the truth really pulls people in when they really start to understand it. And so, and then it's also, there also was going to be some Jewish Christians or Messianic believers there as well. So you've got the folks that, that were used to kind of the Old Testament framework that God worked deal with us the law, following the law, keeping the law, keeping it in those days the 613, I think it is, precepts, right? Which kind of had been built up by rabbinic Judaism, right? Because when Israel lost Jerusalem as kind of the spiritual center, they had to go to Babylon, remember? It's like they then and, and even after that they started setting up kind of like rabbinical um, training sessions. And and so they had to kind of formulate the, the, the all the rules around the law, around God's word to kind of keep the people together, okay, and that's partially God as well. And so they had that framework, and so, and so what, what was going on here is we're seeing tensions in leadership. So we're seeing tensions in leadership. So why don't you go ahead and, and, and pop into the, uh, the verse 11 there. So here we go. So when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was left astray. So now you're seeing tension in the top leadership here. right? Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, is basically saying... He's not smoothing this one over, but he's saying when, when Peter, Cephas, came up to Antioch, came up to where I was, I opposed him to his face. He basically said, I got in his face. Now, this, this, is, this sometimes needs to occur in groups. It sometimes needs to occur. And when, when the principles of the Lord are at issue, then it's an important thing to do is to step up and to make a scene, a bit of a scene right? Now, not, not we don't want to do it in a nasty way, but we want to make the scene because what God is doing is important. And if there's something that's not working, then we need to kind of step into that situation, right? Now, normally God works these things out fairly quietly or he, you know, behind the scenes first discussing it and then make, making it public. So, there's kind of the procedures to do it. But, but again, remember, and, and this is also kind of a key for when you see you see differences in the church body itself among people you think are are very spiritual, they may be. It's probably an important important doctrine to try to figure out, right? Over time, God will, will point you out to one thing or the other because truth is so important. And truth is not just, well, yes and, both and, all the time. Okay. In application it's often both and because we don't, you know, we have to figure out what direction we're coming from in order to hear what we need to do and change. But when you're talking truth, that sometimes that vigorous discussion is very important to get things clarified, right? And for us to really work hard to figure out, okay, what is God really trying to say? So that's what's going on here. You're seeing Peter and Paul basically in in a pretty strong discussion about this thing so what's that issue then what's the thing that Paul is so adamant about now and talking with Peter and so he's so adamant about what is the nature of the gospel the good news of God and how does that apply to one particular issue which is circumcision okay so this is what he's really really focusing down on and so, what happened? And I'm 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 going to move quickly here because we have limited time. But also, it, it kind of feels like you guys are tracking on this, and I wanna I wanna want to keep working on this. So, in the old, uh, let's let's do verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, "You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew." How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? So he's basically saying, okay, you are a Jew to Peter, like I am, Paul would say, right? So we understand together that we were supposed to live by the law. That's what God called us to do. Then people added a whole lot of extra, but, but the core of the law is absolutely good, right? You and I agree. We understand this. We, we are both Jews, okay? And yet, he says, yet you live like a Gentile. In other words, he's saying God has talked to you so that you're not going to force all of the Jewish requirements from the Old Testament and what people added, right? You're not going to force that on to yourself and live that way all the time because the kingdom of God is so much bigger than just those rules and regulations. Yeah, they're good, right? The core of them is good. God designed them that way. But but. But you're not, you're not forcing yourself in that place. You're being flexible to share the gospel with different types of people and, different, and with different approaches. Right? Is that, are you tracking with me on that? So that's, he's saying this to, to Peter. You're not living, And yet, Peter, okay, so if that's how you are going to approach ministry and life, then why are you forcing Gentiles then to be circumcised, you know, to have the foreskin cut off the man's penis which is one of the, the was one of the major physical signs of being of the people of God the Jews in the Old Testament so this is like like the major sign physically right and by this time in history they had different things they had the mezuzah they had the long tassels And and all the other things that and the box with the scriptures on them on their forehead and 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 they still do in Israel some some people I mean some some Jews still still follow that they physically show their Jews we we saw a couple up in Woodmans the other day they had the long tassels off their their tunics and I think they had a a yarmulke on yeah so they had the long tassels and usually they have like forelock usually the the long forelocks for men right. But but anyway, so circumcision was one of the the major physical signs of being of the people of God, and so you know, so what was happening is that is that is that this was coming into the church where some of the people that were maybe Messianic Jews that loved Jesus were still kind of caught up in that God is requiring all the things that that He made the Jews do, He wants to put that also on the Gentiles, okay. And so this, this is the thing that, that's, that's, just, that's just pivotal for Paul. And he's basically saying, okay, the law is good. Paul talks about the law being good, the Old Testament being good all through his writings. But he's saying, we, don't want, we, we want the power of the new gospel of Jesus. To expand and break the old wineskin of the old way that God required. We keep the essence of what he required, the truth, righteousness, love, honoring God. We keep the essence. But we're not going to force that physical sign on Gentiles. They don't have to be circumcised to be part of the people of God, the new people of God. And so so this this is a huge thing, right? And so this is why Paul is is talking about this. Now obviously the Galatians were caught in this. Right, They had some people in their, in their community teaching that people needed to be circumcised to really be saved. Okay, Paul is basically saying, and he's arguing theologically, he's arguing from the perspective of what is God saying to us. He's basically saying, no. Separate the spiritual and the power of walking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and doing the true law in our hearts. Separate that from the physical sign of circumcision. So it's no longer required that we be physically circumcised in order to show that we're part of the people of God. And so that's why Paul is talking about this, this, this thing, this thing so, so powerful here and basically bringing up the, the dispute with Peter. And of course there's multiple levels of that talk with Peter because again Peter was, was the, the rock upon whom Christ founded the church. And so he's an authority and Paul is acknowledging him as an authority. Right, he's also bringing in the, the support of Peter because Peter would have, because I think Peter was convinced of this, he would have agreed with Paul then when people asked him, you know, is this, is this, do, do you agree, right? Because when you have a discussion, right, you you go back after and figure, okay, do we both, where where are both of you after the, the fight, right? I mean, we got we got to figure out if there's resolution here and what that looks like. And so, and so it's it's pretty cool. And let's just do another quick verse. Um, uh, let's just flash it up Two, one. Two, so do new Christians and Gentiles need to be physically marked in the same way and so this just talks about 14 years he went up and presented the gospel and this is actually um, earlier on in Galatians so I'm, I'm kind of popping in here just to kind of make the point but he's basically saying he had checked with Peter beforehand about his own apostolate to make sure that he was in line with what Peter you know, the, the rock on who Jesus built the church, whether Paul was in line with his ministry and he was. So we'll we we'll kind of skip that. But anyway, you know, Paul is not just saying I'm the authority here, but he's also putting himself with underneath, you know, the apostles in Jerusalem as well. Which is why why this later strong discussion is so important for us. Okay, one of the one of the, the ma- major things Pop on to the next one. One of the the major things we, we learn from this thing is that grace and salvation come from God above. So it's sort of like it's a reminder for us that we don't manufacture our own salvation, right? We don't manufacture it. It's like we are receiving what God gives us, we are simply responding to Him. And so, you know, the physical act of circumcision, some people that are very that are very legalistic and very uh, you know, obsessive compulsive can fixate on one particular aspect of, of faith in God or anything, right? So, you know, people that are obsessive compulsive or are locked into a very literal reading can say, we need to be circumcised because that's how God did in the Old Testament, and that should flow through as well. And so, in a sense, we understand why people can think that way, right? Because we've met people that are obsessive-compulsive, it's like you know, they, they fixate on one particular thing, right? Instead of trying to figure out how the whole, the whole is important and to, and to understand the whole picture. Um, but basically, Paul is kind of the, the core of what he's saying in Galatians 2 is, is, is what we're getting to here. So we're starting at verse 15. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles, and he's being a little bit sarcastic there, right? So he's kind of like, like doing the sarcastic, like, like we are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. He's, he's kind of like going, it's not really true, but I'm going to kind of mock those that hold that, that position, right? You know how we guys, we sometimes say the opposite of what we mean, right? That's how we talk to each other. But sometimes our our women don't really get that same. (laughs) I think they understand us, but after a while they kinda go, no, tell me straight out what you're what you're trying to say. (laughs) Fine is saying no. (laughs) It never happens that way. (laughs) But here but Paul Paul is kind of being a little sarcastic there. But he's going, you know, we know, you know, with kind of that, that goofy false sense of, 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 of superiority. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So here Paul gets to it. right? So he's kind of, he's kind of like he has that, that kind of, uh, that kind of you know, ironic front end but he's almost doing it to make it, make it even more important. It's like, we understand that it's not by what we do, not by the actions we take that justifies us, but it's by God's grace, right? It's by the grace of, of it's by faith in Christ. It's by, it's by asking him to, to, to infiltrate my mind, to shape me, to change me, and then to let my actions reflect what he's doing, right? My, let my actions reflect what he's doing. Step into that process, and let him then be the center and the reason for what I do and the overall framework. So it's not that oh, I have to, have to do these things to earn my salvation, including being circumcised, including helping the poor, visiting the sick, praying, praying for people, asking God to heal. It's, it's, those things don't save us. They're a response their response, their our loving response to God revealing himself to our heart and saying, I want you, I love you, I care for you. You know? Change from who you are. And so, you know, again, if you if you take nothing away, just, just remember that. It's like, God is always the first mover in these things. Always. He's always the first mover. And the world forgets him all the time. Or they ignore him. Or they diss him. Right? But But it's... You know, it, you know, it's like, it's like it, maybe if you're like me, you sit there and you, 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 you listen to a news story, and you sit and you really think about it, and you go, it's like, it's like, okay, there may be facts in the story, but almost every implicit assumption in that news story is probably wrong, right? Because A, oftentimes people forget God from the beginning. And so, and so when you forget God from the beginning, pretty much everything goes, goes wacky after that. And that's the nice way of putting it. It can get perverted and gross too, right? Very quickly. And so, and so, you know, this is Paul kind of centering us back in that place of saying, always remember everything good and powerful and right initiates from me and respond to me and, and, and let me work through you, let me work in you and through you to let my message and my truth expand out to, to those around you, right? So this is why Paul in Galatians 2 is so important to say circumcision is not required for Gentiles. Because he's, he's going back to the core of, of how God is revealing himself and that. God initiates salvation to us. What we're doing is a response to him. Right? And so therefore, doing the response of circumcision, even if God directed it in the Old Testament to the to the people of God in the Old Testament, the Jews, now he's changed it. In Christ, He's changed it. In Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. There's no distinction in those anymore. So we're just going to conclude here, and I've already talked a little bit about this. So, so really, what Paul is saying is that the Spirit of Jesus is circumcising us all spiritually. We're all being circumcised spiritually. Of the things that should not be there, right? We're all being in the spiritual world, in, in who we are positionally before the Lord, loved, valued, and treasured, period. Right? No matter where we're at today or tomorrow. Treasured, period, right? And he's he's gonna he's circumcising us of all the, the nasty stuff we shouldn't be doing, right? The stuff we shouldn't be thinking about, the stuff we shouldn't be up to, treating you know, the things of, of destroying people, harboring grudges, resentments, anger, bitterness, rage, murder in our heart, you know, thieving, greed, you know, being being lustful. You know, all these things and, and so many more, right? And and you you have you each have your own list. We all do. We have, we all have our own besetting sins. We all have the things that we deal with. All right. So Christ is circumcising us of those, cutting those off. Right, and and as we walk forward in life, we get more and more mature, and we have more and more success in letting those not be the determiner of who we are. And in its place, in the powerful place, comes in the good stuff that Christ brings. You know, living for God, honoring Him, blessing Him, doing good to our neighbor, like, Byr- like Byron does. You know, it's like when 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 the, when God. Talks to him even if he's tired, he really tries and works hard to be present in that place. Because you know there's so much life in those those encounters. There's so much life when God shows up. Even if we're tired, right? And so, and so, you know, the Spirit of Jesus really circumcises us in the right way spiritually from all those bad things that we we have done in the past and that that we see others doing that maybe we still fall into sometimes. But you know what? Over time, he's getting more and more powerful in us. So we put those, put those aside. Put those aside. We put those behind us, and we let the Holy Spirit power come into us. And, he ba- and, and so the Holy Spirit righteousness and power and love comes in so that we're able to step forward in honoring God and blessing him and mm-hmm. having his presence. And so, you know, Paul, you know, this chapter is written kind of negatively. And let's go to the last one here, um, Twyla. What is it, 19? So Paul is putting it putting it negatively. Um, I think it's yeah. There you go. Paul is putting it negatively in this scripture, but I'm I'm switching it into the positive here, right? I'm I'm keep I'm I'm taking finding his principle in there. We're talking about it, and then we're shifting it into the positive because that's where that's where we're going to end in eternity. In eternity, everything is glorious. Everything is positive. Righteousness builds up. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's huge. It's massive. We want to live that way here too putting away the bad stuff is just the beginning just the beginning and once we get that in our our mindset then we have we have a huge that's a huge step forward in walking in righteousness right because we do we did the sins we did for reasons right we felt loved we felt cared for you know we're scared whatever we people we do what we do for reasons even the bad stuff but it's like then saying, okay, God, I want to put the bad stuff behind me. Help me figure out what I was getting from the what I'm getting from the bad stuff. And you love me in that place to draw me into the good stuff to receive that love and care and, and attention in a good way. Right? So this so Paul's putting it negatively, but I'm shifting it into the positive. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I may live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law Christ died for nothing so again he's just he's simply saying in the negative way and I'm flipping it to the positive right in that when we die to ourselves then Christ's glorious life can come into us and through us and we we can be in a powerful honorable beautiful place with him and this is this is where we are this is where we want to be and this is the glory of the presence of the lord in the kingdom of god and so this is an awesome thing so does anybody have any comment quick comment or anything on this it feels like maybe there's there's something out there somebody's got some comment or something on this real quick because we're we're at quarter two Uh, chapter one, Paul was extremely zealous for the traditions of his fathers, and then God changed him. It's the transformation I see, and I hear you saying it's beautiful when God transforms, transforms us, and from the tradition to holy, to be looking up higher and higher. I love that. Cool. Anybody else? in verse 21 I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law Christ died for nothing that pretty much yep. sums up the yep. whole thing that if we could do it ourselves yep. Jesus never would have had to die for yep. us yep. and that's a big thing now that's yep. a very big thing yep. is that people are trying to talk to the universe and talk to all these things and trying to gain righteousness from these things but mm-hmm there is no way to do it because there's only one God who died for us. That's, that's a powerful point. I mean... So we don't he, does, he does it all. Correct. We don't do anything. He does it all. And, and two, I mean, it, in terms of the modern culture, I mean, I mean, one of the big lies they say is, you know, just find yourself and everything will be good. <laughs> that's just, I mean, it's so bogus because the first thing you find in yourself when you really understand is, is sin and destruction. Right? And so, and so, they've got the wrong goal. And so, yeah, I, I get a little bit uh, I get a little agitated about this, but, but that's okay, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't want to be agitated with people, but you're agitated with the lies of the enemy that destroy people, right? And the mass media just exacerbates that because they, they, just, they put this, this, this blanket over the truth. They, they ignore the truth, and then when, when they, they actually see it, they try to dispute it. So, but anyway what do you expect in the world though right the world is against God and so God is sovereign but but for now he allows the rebellion in the world and so you know we understand that we get that all right so father thank you for your heart today thank you for a a great service thank you for so many so many um just just spiritual and excited proclamations of your goodness and your mercy today we thank you we bless you we glorify your name Father, may you keep this truth that you do everything and we respond to you to be saved and blessed. Keep this close to our heart. Keep it treasured in our heart at the top. And Father, let everything else kind of come out of come out of this truth. Everything else in our life come out of this truth and let your blessings and your mercy, Lord, follow us. And may you touch May you touch divinely many people in this region this day, on your day. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.